Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk About Real Estate, presented by DeBrew Realty in Mansfield, Texas. Your host is Susan DeBrew, and I'm your co-host, Steve Pixler. We're talking about all things real estate. All right, this time we're going to talk about lease back. What in the world do you do with those people who just stay in your house after you buy it? We need to know a little bit about those details. Susan, tell us about lease back. Yeah, so lease back is a slang term for a seller's temporary residential lease. That sounds very technical. It is very technical. <laughs> and so leasebacks are very common because often a seller will need to close on their current house in order to purchase the next house. And of course, you have to have time to physically move out after that. And so often leasebacks have to be negotiated into a deal. So it's unless you're looking at a vacant home or a seller has circumstances where they can buy the next house first and then move, you typically do have to give the seller a little bit of time to get out of your new house. And so what a seller's temporary leaseback will cover is it actually is a lease where the buyer becomes the landlord the day of closing. And the seller becomes a tenant in their own home. Now, how the terms can be negotiated just like any other term in a contract. And typically, it's going to start the day of closing and it will go for a week, two weeks. Um, a temporary lease can go up to 90 days, but we don't necessarily usually see it go that long. I like to tell my buyers I prefer it not to go more than 30 days unless it's absolutely necessary because then we're having a conversation with the buyer's insurance company that there's a tenant involved. 30 days is everybody expects to have a little bit of time on the transition. But if they're actually going to rent from you for a few months, you now have a um, a tenant situation where it's a different kind of coverage for the new owner because they have a tenant rather than it being a primary residence. And so we always want to make sure they understand a good realtor will walk a buyer through the the pitfalls that they need to look ahead at depending on their con- can, you know, circumstances. And so sometimes we'll negotiate into the lease back rent by the day. Yeah. And so they do do it. So what if it was only a seven day lease? Well, sometimes people will take uh, what their mortgage payment would be for that month and they'll divide it into four and say, well, here's what I want to charge you for a week. And then we divide that by seven. Um, And that can happen. And particularly if you're talking about a lease that goes on for several weeks. However, especially in today's market where we have multiple offers and we're competing for the house, to ask a seller to pay to stay in their own home often doesn't sit well with them. And so most of the time, the leasebacks are actually going to be for free rent. And so we'll make it $0 a day. Mm -hmm. We don't have to. But if you're competing for the house, I don't suggest you try to charge the seller to stay. Um, And the buyer often can be questioning, but I'm going to have to pay for that mortgage for that month. And is that going to hurt me? Well, we would like to remind the buyer that no matter what day of the month you close, you will skip the following month on your mortgage payment 
and you'll start the next month with your first payment. So although you will be paying interest for those days that the seller is there and you own the home, mm-hmm. you're not actually having to make a mortgage payment that month. So it just makes it a little bit more palatable to understand, yeah, I'm going to let them stay there for free. The other term that is negotiable in a leaseback is a deposit. Mm-hmm. And again, to ask a seller to pay a deposit to stay in their own house sometimes can be a little off-putting if you're trying to compete for the home. But a lot of sell, a lot of buyers do want a deposit, especially if the house wasn't taken care of very well, mm-hmm. or if there's a, maybe if the seller has a current tenant in the house that's leaving prior to closing, or you know if they're not prior to closing, but if they have to negotiate some kind of term to let the tenant stay, they have to feel peace that. Mm-hmm. What they get when they get the keys is the same as what they got the day of walkthrough before closing. Mm -hmm. And so a deposit will often uh, bring uh, security to the buyer. Their one last term that is negotiable is a holdover amount. And this Mm -hmm. we do always charge the seller for a holdover. And what that means is it's negotiated up front. How much would the seller have to pay if they didn't get out on time? Mm -hmm. And it's typically a punitive amount, meaning it's going to be more than what they would pay typically to stay. It's going to be more than what they would have to pay if they went to a hotel, Mm -hmm. but maybe not so exorbitant that you have people getting really angry that the truck was a day late coming and they had to stay for a day or something. It's also relative depending on the sales price point of the house. Mm -hmm. And and that's true for all of these terms that I'm talking about, whether it be rent for the day, whether it be a deposit, or whether it be the holdover amount. It'd be very different for a $100,000 house as it would for a $750,000 house, right? You're talking about different amounts of money, different risk, and all of that. Mm -hmm. One question a client asked me recently during a leaseback was, who is responsible for damage that happens to the property during that time? So it would be the same as in a regular lease tenant situation. So um, typically if a, if a tenant does damage, a tenant's going to fix it. But what are the repercussions if they don't? And that's where the deposit comes into play yeah. to give the, the buyer a little bit more security. But again, in today's multiple offer situation, there's a lot of leasebacks that are being written every day that don't have a deposit because you just want to win the house. So the buyer has to know that as the time as the as of closing, they own the house. So the, the responsibility the for that home has been assumed at that point. That definitely has. And so there is always a risk with the lease back. But again, typically in order to make the deal work, they're gonna have to give the seller some time. Um, now if if it wasn't like they did damage, like they punched a hole in the wall or, you know, accidentally moving out, they knocked a hole in the wall. They Should they fix it? Yes. Out of honor? Yes. Yeah. Um, if they don't, it's not going to be worth suing somebody over, you know, a, a few dollars to fix drywall. But what if the uh, hot water heater leaked and ruined the floors? Like, that's going to be on the new buyer's insurance company at that point right and if the insurance company um declined the claim say there was some other kind of an accident then it's still it's the buyer like they own the house yeah it's their property yeah Mm -hmm. so there you go some great information about a lease back and help you get ready to buy that dream home that you've been looking for if you have any further questions, reach out to us at debrewrealty.com. Yep. Whether it's lease back or who knows what you may want to know, we would love to help. Let us know. We're going to continue talking about all things real estate.